First John chapter one, verse one. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest and we have seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life, which was with the father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the father and with his son, Jesus Christ. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day, for this time. I ask that you would be with us, open your word in our minds, and help your Holy Spirit to reach into places where we can be who you ask us to be, to talk about the things you want us to talk about, to be about the business you have us doing. I ask your Holy Spirit to fall a fresh anointing here, that your work here would continue and grow and give glory and honor to you and bless your holy name. Lord Jesus, we love you. We magnify you. We lift you up. We thank you for your redeeming love. And we thank you that you're here with us. Now I ask that you would anoint our time together now and going forward, that we would be truly representatives of you here and now. I pray this in your son's precious and holy name, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. Genesis 1.1 says, In the beginning, God. That's all you need to know. In the beginning, God. Every good beginning starts with God. Anything bathed in prayer, pointed toward God, God's going to use and redeem for His purposes. And I believe there's no other answer or way to go forward but with God. Now get this. We're at a beginning. A brand new place. In John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word. So you have the Father in Genesis 1. In John 1, 1, you have the Word, Jesus Christ, God made flesh. In the verse I read today, it's the manifestation of God to the world which now is through the Holy Spirit. So we have all three ready in the beginning. And everything that begins, well, with all three, will go God's direction. Would you agree with that? It's a good way to go forward. I'll tell you what, one of my favorite words is forward. I even wear a wristband that I designed on my wrist that says, I'm looking up and moving forward. And uh, it's a part of my life statement that today I choose And today I choose to love, to give, to celebrate, to honor, and to worship with you. So we are at a beginning, a fresh start. That's why I call this looking through fresh eyes, because you're going to see it through mine. I'm going to see it through yours. We're going to get to know each other. And it's an opportunity to look at things in new ways, to share what might have been previously overlooked, as I mentioned, or something that might have at one time been misunderstood or Seen as a non-starter for a conversation. Now our slate is not blank, okay? But a different tool is in the hand of God before you now with different gifts and graces to find out what that is and what I have so I can help paint the picture just a little bit differently, fill in the areas 
which have not been filled in the big picture. And let me tell you, I'm honored and overjoyed to serve and love with you. We're on a threshold of new beginnings. Do you know when folks get married, they lift up, well, he lifts up his bride and carries over the threshold into the place where they're going to stay for that first night, getting ready to complete the wedding day of practice. And that carrying over the threshold is a signifying of, I'm taking you into a new world. We are now no longer what we were. We are what we become on the other side of this threshold. And that's where we are at. We are at a new beginning for a pastor, for a church, for a church charge, as a matter of fact. So I want to hear your ideas, your hopes, your dreams. And don't worry if you think they're silly. They're not. Because you wouldn't have them if they were silly. And I want to hear them and help you understand them, interpret them, and maybe God can use them for things you don't know yet. So invite me into your home or out for coffee. I like Panera. (laughs) Most folks who know me know that's my second office, or actually probably my first office. I spend more time there than in my own home office. So let's have conversations together. Let's figure this out and what God wants us to do. And continue to do the things we're doing well. Always building on. So if you have concerns, dreams, hopes, fears, things you thought might happen that didn't or that could and should. Or a vision of ministry, what the church could be, what our church should be, what it has done well and what you would like to see build. Let me know because I'm not familiar with a whole lot. And you're the ones who have to tell me because I can't tell you. I can only tell you that I want to be a part of it. In today's chapter and verses out of 1 John, I want to refresh what it says. It says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, and we've heard the word, which we have seen with our eyes. And we have witnessed God's work in our world. Any time spent in church, you're going to begin to see God's work or doing ministry. And it says we've looked upon it and touched with our hands. And it's concerning this word of life. This is a disciple who actually handled Jesus, touched him, saw him, heard him, experienced God's work through him. He's talking about a testimony, a witness of what his life is all about of what He stands for, and He's trying to tell us that Jesus Christ is real. He's not an idea. He touched Him. He saw Him. He saw Him work. He was not a mirage. He heard Him. And what we look at then is all five senses were involved in His relationship with Jesus. So if we only have head knowledge or only have heart knowledge, or we only think it's a good idea to talk about Jesus, we need to get the other senses involved. Our emotions, our mind, our will. And he goes on to say that life was made manifest. It means it was made known. It's real. And they saw it. And um, they testify and proclaim to us the eternal life which was with the Father and made manifest to us by Jesus Christ. And when he says, we've seen, 
and we heard and we proclaim also to you for this reason, so that we might have fellowship. Fellowship is this word that we sometimes throw food and fellowship becomes kind of a cliche word. But fellowship here is different. Fellowship, when he says fellowship here, is talking about the deep relationship based on a common knowledge of who Jesus Christ is. A trust, a knowing, an understanding. And that fellowship is because of our fellowship with Christ and the Heavenly Father. And the Holy Spirit draws us as one. That's why we become one through the Holy Spirit. But i got to tell you, we can only witness in our own lives what we've experienced. John had a great, great testimony because of his multitude of experiences. He even wrote that there was not enough books in all the world to hold all the things that Jesus did. So if he had that kind of experience, and he had this wealth of testimony and conviction about what he said. And so we need to have a deeper witness and conviction as we grow further in the faith. You see, we can't effectively, passionately witness out of a head-only knowledge. Our heart has to get involved, doesn't it? And our emotional self. Because otherwise there's a disconnect between our parts. we got our head, our heart, our emotional self, if you will, our convictions, and the passions we have for life. And so all those things, if they're not going in the same direction, you're being pulled. So if your heart says, yes, I believe Jesus, but your head doesn't, you're going to walk around with doubt. Or if your head says, I believe in Jesus, but your heart goes, I'm not sure then you're going to walk around questioning whether or not you belong. Whether that's actually true because your heart says, I I don't feel His love. I don't know His love. And that can be a lonely place, can't it? So I want us to seek God together. To grow closer to Him. To know Him. To serve hand in hand. I like to be on the front lines, in the trenches, doing the work, being a part, making a difference. So I want to experience God and His mission for us together. And we've got to find out what that is. I'm on a learning curve here. From zero to whatever's next. So you've got to help me. I want you to help me. It works better that way. A whole lot better for sure. But I also believe this. Intentional growth and accountability go hand in hand. I work with men in men's groups for accountability, for growth, for learning about themselves, to be better men, to be better servants of Christ. And one of the things we talk about all the time is accountability. And I'm big on that because I believe that our accountability matters. And I believe if we're going to grow, we have to be accountable to do so. And I believe we have, as a church, as individuals, a few things in mind as we move forward together. And I came up with uh, four things that if we did them, we'd make a huge difference in our world. And they're not the four things that are in in the bulletin. I want you to know those are different. Because the four questions are going to be basically guiding you through the next three weeks. But here, these four things are about today. Giving you an overview of the things I believe. Just kind of a, I guess you would say a, a platform, a standard, a 
baseline of where I operate out of. And I believe we hold each other accountable to keep focused on the big picture and the mission and vision. That that's the first thing. That we, we look about what we want to be about and we do that. And we want to hold each other accountable to do that. And to help each other with whatever God asks us to do. The second thing is I think we need to continuously seek God and ask who and what He wants us to be and do. It's a very simple question. God, what do you want me to be? What do you want me to do? What do you want us to do? What do you want us to be? The third thing is to have the open dialogue I've been mentioning. Ongoing conversations. Honesty in both struggle and victory. So we can grow from both. So we can evaluate and implement whatever God wants us to do. And to do it well. With excellence. And the fourth thing is to ensure every conversation, direction, answer, or discussion focus engages us on how to proclaim Jesus Christ. Isn't that the business of the church? Isn't that the business of a Christian to make Jesus known? And so I I want to have those conversations. And earlier in my ministry, there was a time when I would talk just about anything. And I realized a lot of those conversations were unproductive. So I want to talk about what we can do together to build, to grow, to become. And I hope you do too. Because God is still in the miracle business. He's still here doing things that we don't expect or anticipate and by no means know how to. That He hasn't stopped working. And I want us to find that out together. I know there was a season in uh, Milburn where I came from. It was like four months straight. There were just miracle after miracle after miracle. And I was telling the church, we got to act now because God's moving. He's in the neighborhood. He's doing stuff. Let's act now. And so when God starts moving, we want to bandwagon with Him and get going wherever He wants us to go. And so when we see God working, let's, let's join Him and continue to do that. I want to encourage us along the way when that shows up, and you see miracles happening and God working, and you tell us, tell me, because I want to celebrate with you. And when a heartache comes or brokenness, I want to mourn with you and, and work through that with you as well. I would want to be a part of all aspects of our life together. It's not just the good stuff. We work together through it all. Does that make sense? So I have a question for you. It is kind of in the bulletin. And that is, what is the definition to you for success for a church? What does a successful church look like? Fifteen years ago, it was more members, more baptized members. For some, it was the offering paid the bills and had some left over to do mission. For some churches, we did great mission work. That was success. To you, what is the definition of success for a church? I have my answers to this question. I've been thinking about this a while. But my answer is just one voice among many. So how will we know when we've been faithful and true to what God asks? Over the next few Sundays, we're going to examine some questions designed to help us soul search. I define soul search as a look inward 
at ourselves and our hopes. I look upward to what we believe God called us to be doing and I look outward at our community and our world to see who we are called to serve in love. I was really excited when I found out Brian told me. I, I didn't know if you know this. Brian and I have been friends for a long time. And uh, if you heard the process of how I came to be here, um, you would go, wow, that's amazing. That's, that had to be God. Because when I was leaving Milburn, the DS had nobody to put there. And when I was in the district superintendent's office and she was telling me, that she had a place for me, but I don't have anybody there. The phone rings in the district superintendent's office at that time for someone looking for a place to serve. And the district superintendent heard the message from her assistant and said, isn't God good? Isn't he awesome? God's in this. I know he is. And the day that I learned of the place where I was going to be going, the person who was going to replace me had just met with the district superintendent and ran across my path for the first time in three years, and he's a friend of mine. And I said, I got a secret to tell you. I can't tell anybody else yet, but I'm leaving Milburn. And he goes, I got a secret to tell you. And I can't tell anybody else either. He said, I'm going to Milburn. And I went, whoa. So he, he knew mine, but I didn't know his. But that's how God works. So I know God is in all this, and He wants to take what is a transition and different to be a good different. A difference that he's orchestrating and so we work together to find out what that is so I'm excited about that and the way I like to start that together the best way is by communing with you and as we commune together to simply be about the body and blood of Christ and saying let's commit to know and love and serve Christ together to find out what that looks like and to keep working together until we get the job done. And God is glorified and there's not another soul lost around us. Wouldn't that be awesome to be a part of that movement? I believe that's possible. I believe big things. I'm a, I don't know about you, but if you ever need someone who's positive and an optimist, here I am. I believe God can do more things than what we believe He can and I believe that for each one of us here today. I believe that for our church here today. And I believe that for our friendships that will build and grow starting today. And I also believe that for the people in our community and region that will be affected by what we do here going forward. I think it's worth it. We could truly be on the verge of something incredible. Incredible, wonderful and a work of God. And I want to be a part of that. So when we commune together, let us commit to doing that. Would you pray with me? Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for your word, for your heart for us. That this beginning, that we can see things through fresh eyes and not from old expectations, but from excitement of expectations you're going to do something that we don't know what is. That the doors are wide open to possibility. And God, as we commune together, I ask that you would help us to commune with confidence, knowing that you're with us, that you'll guide us, and that you'll love us through to what you want us to be.
Heavenly Father, I pray this. I pray thankfully that you know who we are. And as we commune, Heavenly Father, may you be the invited head of our table, leading us. And I pray this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.